Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hi, I'm June, Senior Marketing Manager for Southeast Asia at Robert Walters. I'm your host for this special episode of our Robert Walters Talent Talks. This episode is not only part of our ongoing leadership interview series, it's the first of our three dedicated episodes where we celebrate female leadership on International Women's Day. Today, I'm excited to have my colleague, Sammy Sam, Director of Executive Search at Robert Waters Malaysia, joining us. Thank you, Sammy, for making the time for us. Thank you, Joan, for having me. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit of yourself and your career so far then. Ah, sure, 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 June. So among my colleagues and friends, I am famous for my name, Sammy Sam. Um, I think because it's like they always like to ask if I can sing as well as Sammy Chang, the singer from Hong Kong, or am I related to Samuel Hong, the Kung Fu actor? I'm not sure why. I think because it's like um, they um, know that uh, I have worked in Hong Kong for a number of years before I came back to KL, hence the connections of the dot. So as a quick introduction, I am a qualified accountant. I worked in audit firm and the banks before I joined recruitment industry. So I started my recruitment career in Hong Kong and my husband is the one who connected me to this field. So now fast forward to Robo Waters uh, group. This is my 12 years with the group and third year in the executive search divisions. So the shift to the executive search divisions came naturally when hiring managers knows that I'm connected to the talents where I have basically built the connections with over the years. So some of them are already on the top management level and that's where I can connect them and open the doors of opportunities. Great, that, that's a very interesting background that you have. So what has been the key to your own success leading to where you are right now then? Um, I would say the people surrounded me in the organizations that really pushed me to the path of leadership. Um, during the early part of my career, I, I think it's a, you know, I truly enjoy what I'm doing. And to be honest, I never consciously aspired to achieve the top level of leadership. Um, I just, um, I mean, rather I work hard at every stage of my career and make sure I maintain the best of my values to the company. I remember the time when um, I was promoted from manager to associate director when I came back from maternity leave after giving birth to twins. Oh, wow. It was a very overwhelming experience because it's like having juggling between the new responsibilities and, you know, between work and family. Um, yeah, but however, with the trust from the top leaders and the support from my teammates, that's really the keys that really shaped me to where I am today. So the lesson learned for me is always take the leap of faith, um, embrace the new challenges, even though you have doubt if you can do it, and just do it. <laughs> Yes, that's a great piece of uh, advice for our listeners as well. Well, um, according to a 2020 business report from Grant Thornton, ASEAN has seen its percentage of women in senior leadership going up from 28% to 35%. 
Have you seen a similar trend of female talent increasingly taking on positions at the C-suite level then? Yes, yes, yes. Indeed, uh, we do see the rise of female leader is in a positive trend. Some companies are also taking efforts in building up the leaders um, in pipeline um, for, for the group of women. Um, I also seen companies um, basically roll up program to encourage women to come back to the workforce, not just for the junior level and also for the senior level. Looking internally to our own female leader talent data, it's also very encouraging to see the patent that uh, women um, also taking a very significant positions in the field of business operations. Like for example, in the field of people and strategies, like the human resource directors, chief financial officers, chief operating officers. I believe the importance of having the diversity mix at the top level and the board level that can lead to a all-rounded um, view for the customers, for the employees, the trading partners, and a more effective risk management. So having said that, um, I think it's like it is good to see that the topics of DNI has um, been a topic of on fire over this year, but there are still much work to do about you know this. Are there any observations you would like to share from your experience in recruiting female leaders at suicide level? Um, okay, that's a good question, June. Um, I would like you to take a guess on this. Can you tell me the below response, whether is it from a male candidate or a female candidate? Okay, um, Sammy, I'd like to hear what you share and I would want to explore these new opportunities even though I am maybe about 50% fit to the job. What do you think, June? Do you think the response is it from a male candidate or a female candidate? Wow. <laughs> I like to say that men are probably the ones who give those answers. But then, you know, sometimes I think, you know, the response could also come from, you know, the, the women as well. Um, yeah, you are right. Um, but throughout my observations, I think that men are the one who always say yes when they are not 100% sure if they are the perfect fit for the role. So my observation is men are prone to take risks. Whereas when you come to the other spectrum of it, when I engage with the female candidates, they tend to want to make sure they are ready for the next move um, before they say yes to the new opportunities. Um, this means also they are more loyal to their organizations. Um, so, so I think it's like basically um, for me, throughout the candidate engagements, I need to spend more time um, in having the messages and conversations to gain the trust um, from my female candidates. So my advice is um, if, you know, women who are a bit reserved or conservative in their next career move, and if you are doing this over and over again, over 10 years, 20 years or 30 years, the fact that um, the cumulative effect is you might um, less advance compared to the person that always take risks. Right, okay. Yeah. So what, what do you think are, are the most significant barriers for female leaders in advancing their careers to C-suite level then? Oh, wow. This is a very interesting question, June. So there are definitely a number of reasons. The number one reason that I can think of is um, the limited female leader at the top as a role model. 
Though just now during our conversations, we mentioned that we see a rise of a female leader on the top. Um, but however, the number is still not sufficient enough. So if we have more female leader on the top, that's where I believe the entry women level will also have, you know, the um, um, experience uh, to actually to model um, them and rise to the top. Secondly, um, throughout my experience, I interviewed a lot of capable and, um, and very uh, intelligent women. Um, they have um, made a conscious uh, uh, decisions in focusing on their family instead of their career. Because it's like when we rise up to the top level, it can be challenging or it is indeed challenging because of the increased expectations, the increased um, responsibilities. So, so I think sometimes we women, we want to be perfect in managing both expectations and we might feel overwhelmed. Like for me, as an example, I decided to return to the workplace after my maternity leave. Um, I think that's, I think for me, that's because it's like I truly love what I'm doing I want to be financial independence and I want to continue to grow uh, professionally in the workplace. Um, so I think it's like um, the reason that I, you know, can pursue my dreams is because I can lean on a very strong family support system. So ladies, I think it is possible to manage both when we ask for help. So I think it's important for us to ask for help. Thirdly, I think the reasons are the barriers of the women's um, rising to the top is um, the inadequate access to the sponsorship. Women might find it difficult to um, look for the sponsorship because um, male leaders sometimes might have less in common with the female colleagues. And um, when it comes to heart, you know, to relate to the female colleagues, they may tend to feel a little bit uncomfortable to give them feedback or mentorship. Or it is as uncomfortable for them to go out for dinner or for drinks. So as a result, um, women um, are less likely than men to have um, the managers who can act as their advocates and also direct them or like point it to them of what career or opportunities to pursue. So entry women level um, must um, really um, know about the importance of having a strong sponsorship. And again, sometimes a lot of like the entry-level women, they see that um, having the excellent performance is the strong driver to career advancements. Um, having a good communication skill, being an, an effective team player, or it's like, you know, delivering exceptional result. Um, they see it as the path to the successful C-level uh, journey. Um, but bear in mind, it is also important to recognize having a strong sponsorship is also as important. Yes. Well said, Sammy. I totally agree with that, you know, about, yeah. you know, not just delivering the performance, but also, you know, having, you know, access to a strong network of sponsorship as well. Uh, yeah. So from your perspective, do you think female leaders will have to make certain trade-offs in order to reach the C-suite level then? Hmm, okay, um, I would think uh, no, because um, leaders in the making, be it female or male, 
you uh, equally need to put in the efforts and make a personal or work trade-off for you to climb to the C-suite levels. So not necessarily just uh, female candidates. Um, recently, I just spoke to one of my male candidates. Um, he was sharing with me that, um, Sammy, I am um, sharing you know, the parenting responsibility with my wife. So we have an arrangement that um, you know, if our kids uh, fall sick, both of us will take turn to take the emergency leave. So traditionally, when we see the women are playing 80% or even 90% as the main caregiver, um, but now I see the shift that some men is also, you know, playing an important role um, as a as a caregiver, you know, in raising uh, a good uh, assurance. Yeah. That's a very interesting perspective you have highlighted, Sammy, and completely agree as well that many of the modern men I've come across, they are very active at uh, taking on parental duties with their wives compared to our parents' generation. So with that, yes. about what you talk about, the barriers for women moving into the suicide level, what do you think mm-hmm. female leaders could do better to prepare and position themselves to take on this role then? <sighs> Oh, yes. I think it's very important that we women always uh, take risks early and often. So all my female leaders, they told me that um, they take their risks in the early of their career in moving to a different business unit, different business role, or even different locations or new industry. Because this will really help them to build a stronger ground of foundations that serve them to their future leadership positions. I have a female leader who shared with me that um, she really raised her hand for a new regional role in the new countries after she came back from her maternity leave. So this is really a bold decision. And today, she's a very successful chief business officer in the marketplace. So I think um, women, um, if you are conservative about your career options over and over again in the time of 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years, um, I think it's like the cumulative effect is if um, if you will be less advanced compared to the person that take risks. So take risks. And the point here is if you are asked to try out something new, something different that excites you and you have doubt if you are ready for it, the answer is say yes first, then figure the how later. And secondly, I think um, it's also important, like what I mentioned earlier, to start cultivating the network of supports and sponsorship. Because again, all the female leaders, they are the huge proponents of sponsorship and they can track the times their career accelerated because of the sponsorship. Now, how can we raise this awareness I have seen companies that um, have um, asked the board and their executive to sponsor at least one female or at least one woman. Um, and these leaders in turn will set the same expectations among their teams. And this has created the uh, sponsorship chain within the organizations. So in this process, these motions have really will help to set the motions for the women to raise to the top. Yeah. I love the point you make uh, earlier on about, you know, taking saying yes and then figuring the how later. 
uh, we women tend to want to meet up to the perfect standards than men. And, and sometimes, you know, we miss the opportunities that are right in front of us because um, women tend to be more cautious and less likely to make a reckless decision. But like you said, you know, instead of being 100% confident about taking on a leadership role, we should all, you know, lean towards taking risks. Yes, correct, so, correct. Yeah. And be and be vocal, yeah? Because it's like, sometimes it's like, um, you know, we cannot assume that um, the, the, the management will, will want what we want to do. So be vocal and ask for it. So sometimes, um, like what I've seen is like, you know, again, back to my female uh, leader just now was saying that um, she just uh, came back from maternity leave. And if she don't raise her hand to appoint herself, to the new regional role, then she might be not, you know, having that uh, opportunity to explore. So, yeah, we need to be vocal and ask for it. Great. As a key female leader yourself then in Robo Waters Malaysia, could you give our listeners any personal advice on making the most of uh, their careers then? Hmm. Um, good questions, June. I think for me, we always have to remember, don't fall to the perfection trap. I mean, women um, are vulnerable to the desire to being perfect. But um, when we want to step up to our career level, it is okay to lay our burden down. Because sometimes um, when we have high expectations upon ourselves, that means we also have high expectations on our work colleagues and people that work with us. This definitely will create stress for everyone because when we want to be perfect that means we can't tolerate the failures and when we can't tolerate the failures we tends to micromanage and this really will drive everyone to exhaustions so we so if you know that um, you have the tendency of being a perfectionist tick and look into the long-term interest by learning um, how to delegate um, to prioritize and to take the measure risk. So when you have embraced these, that means you are also ready to move forward to the next level. Secondly, like um, what I have mentioned, um, it's always important to let people like you build a strong network of your supporters and your sponsorship. And um, how can we do it? So it's really through the assignments or the projects that you are doing. And um, that's where, you know, it's a good opportunity for you to start to um, build and deepen the relationship. Yes, yeah, that's my two tips. <laughs> Thank you, Sammy. Are there any female role models who have uh, inspired and make an impact to both your personal and professional life then? Um, okay, let me think. Um, I would say, yes, role model. My mom? My mom is my role model because um, since young, she has been imparted me all the personal uh, values. And I remember until now that she told me how important um, for us to have a right attitude because attitude that we have that can turn our problem into blessings and our attitude is also will determine you know, our approaches to our life. So that's also resonant to the story that I read about David and Goliath. Um, June, have you heard about this story, David and okay. Goliath? 
<laughs> yeah, so David, it, it? yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I mean, it's like the soldiers see Goliath as like a big giant, and it's too big that they can't afford to bring him down. But for David, he is a shepherd boy, and with his perspective, he said that, "Huh, he's too. He's so big that I can't. I mean, it's like I wouldn't." be able to miss him and easily for me to aim at him. So I think it's like um, having a right attitude that's really can lead us, you know, to this um, positive um, um, perspective. It is important. And um, of course, besides of that, um, most of the female leaders that I encounter with, they share with me that um, they definitely have one female leader, um, coach or mentor, that really attribute to their success of their career path. Um, this including me, because uh, I am very, very fortunate that I have a good female leader that I can always trust, lean in, and to learn from. She create a very safe environment for me to identify my strength and continue to grow. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm blessed. Thank you, Sammy. It was a lovely session to have you, you know, sharing your own experience and insights with us. Thank you so much for today. We have come to the end of our Robert Waters Talent Talk special interview with Sammy Sen for International Women's Day. Thank you, June. Thank you for having me. To our listeners and viewers, stay tuned for our next episode where we sit down with Nisma Da, Technology Business Partner for Asia Pacific at Robert Waters, as we find out about her personal reflections on entering and excelling in a traditional male-dominated function, which is on technology. Mm-hmm.